0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here, we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone, welcome to the podcast once again. Today, we have some really, actually, really, really interesting news because we have a new, <laughs> very fast BMW. I'm talking about the 2022 BMW M5 CS. It might not be like an M5 GTS, though I don't think there's ever been an M5 GTS, which is actually quite a shame. We need need an M5 with a big wing, but this is as close as we get, even though it doesn't have a big wing. If we thought that the, I don't remember the G whatever generation of, or chassis code this M5 is, if we thought this generation of M5 was fast, BMW has been like, yeah, nah, not even the final form yet. Here's the final form. It has 627 horsepower. It hits 0-60 to 60 in less than 3 seconds. Let's not waste any more time, let's delve into this new super sedan. Following a leak earlier today, BMW has officially unveiled the 2022 M5CS. Billed as the quickest and most powerful production BMW car ever, the M5CS features a twin-turbo 4.4-liter V8 engine that has been tuned to produce 627 horsepower, 468 kilowatts, or 320. Uh, 36 PS and 553 pound feet of torque or 750 newton meters of torque the engine is connected to an eight-speed automatic transmission and a rear biased all-wheel drive system this setup enables the car to accelerate from zero to 60 or zero to 96 kilometers per hour in 2.9 seconds which is 0.2 seconds faster than the M5 competition if you keep your foot planted on the accelerator the car will eventually hit a top speed of 190 miles per hour are 306 kilometers per hour sticking with the performance theme the m5 cs features an active m differential and a selectable all-wheel drive system just like the standard m5 the latter has four-wheel drive and four-wheel drive sport modes as well as a two-wheel drive mode for smoking tire antics since the cs is based on the m5 competition it features stiffer engine mounts firmer springs a beefier anti-roll bar and a lower ride height than the standard m5 However, engineers didn't stop there as they made further changes to the springs and dynamic damper control system to take advantage of the CS's lower weight and available Pirelli P-Zero Corsa tires. Speaking of the weight reduction, the M5 CS has been equipped with a number of carbon fiber reinforced plastic components including the hood, roof, front splitter, mirror caps, diffuser, and the rear spoiler. The company didn't stop there either as they also removed some of the soundproofing for additional weight savings. Thanks to these and other changes, the model weighs 230 pounds, which is not insignificant by any means, or 104 kilograms less than the M5 competition. Again, this is the Final Four. On the styling, the car is distinguished by a gold-bronze grille surround surround, and matching 20-inch wheels. The latter are backed up by a carbon-ceramic braking system, which features red or gold calipers. The car has also been equipped with a ventilated hood, shadow line trim, and racing-inspired LED headlights with yellow illumination. Unfortunately, there's a limited color palette that includes standard brands hatch gray metallic, as well as frozen brands hatch gray metallic and frozen deep green metallic. That's pretty stupid, to be honest. Only have that many colors. That's a pretty that's pretty poor on BMW's part. There should at least be a red and a blue. At least. Moving into the cabin, buyers will find power, heated carbon fiber front seats with illuminated M5 logos. They're wrapped in black merino leather and feature Magello red accents, red contrast stitching, and headrests with an imprinted map of the Nürburgring North Lyfa. You gotta have that. That's just, that's... You can't have a car like this, especially the CS, and not have some track imprinted somewhere. Gotta make it the Nürburgring. The changes do not stop there, though, as the model has two individual rear seats with an M Alcantara steering wheel with carbon fiber paddle shifters. Other highlights include a minimalist center console, an Alcantara headliner, and M seat belts with tricolor stitching. Elsewhere, designers added special floor mats and illuminated M5CS door sill plates. The car also comes equipped with two 12.3-inch displays, a 4-zone automatic climate control system, and aluminum dark carbon structure trim. Other niceties include an ambient lighting system, a wireless smartphone charger, and a Harman Kardon audio system. The M5 CS will only be available for one model year, and U.S. pricing starts at $142,000 before a $995 destination charge. Across the Atlantic, Germans will have to shell out 180,400 180, euros when it arrives this spring. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not sure that's worth it. Sure very fast, very, very cool. I adore the interior and the changes that they've made to it. They really made it, a, a comp, whatever CS stands for, competition sport maybe, whatever CS stands for, this is the, this is very much deserving of the CS moniker. The problem is that it's 140000 And to me, you know, me being me, it's like, that's Viper money. That's C8 Corvette money. And both of those cars are going to be better for track duty a Viper or a C8 Corvette, or maybe even a used 99, What is it? 991 Generation 911, maybe you could get a GT3, a base GT3 for that money. It won't have as much power, but it might be better to drive on a track. That's where my mind is at. As a model meant for the track, and look, I don't necessarily have a problem taking a sedan to the track. The new Alfa Romeo GT, uh, Giulia GTA, I would be very, very excited to drive that on a track. It's just the track day, the track day bro, the track rat in my mind, is like that's still going to be heavier than any sports car, well, than most sports cars you could get. And a sports car, due to the fact that it has less weight, might be more direct. Might be just as fast despite having a lot less power. Might be more fun to drive. I don't know. I'm not saying that this won't be brilliant. I imagine it will be. I'm just saying that for the money, you might be able to find a car that's better suited to, to track day duty. And that that in and of itself might make those cars more worth it for that specific task. If you want a car that can do it all, that can that's better than a normal M5 at the track, but can still do the normal five series M5 things, then the CS is definitely is definitely the car for you. That's your option. You want a car that's more extreme than a normal M5, something that's a bit faster than the normal than the M5 competition but you still want a sedan you still need that practicality you still want something that can just about act as an everyday car then 100% your only option is the CS but if you want something that's for a track car a sunday car you know a fun a sunday fun day car you know a toy really because that's what we're talking about then you might want to look elsewhere you might want to look into the realm of sports cars if you're if your weekend not more if your weekend toy does not have to pull double duty this isn't it. I'm sorry to say that but there are other cars that if you don't need double duty you're probably gonna you're probably gonna be better off with you probably are gonna prefer to go with but I think this car will still sell and even if it doesn't it's available for one model year in the US so given that it's going to be quite rare quite rare very very rare I would imagine. It would sell anyway, due to the fact that it might be seen as a bit of a collector's item. Moving over to an article from Rodent Track, though, apparently the 0 to 60 time, more specifically, is 2.9 seconds. So, yeah, that's under three, barely, but it is. And apparently, for those who, you know, for all of us who want to know the specifics compared to the competition, apparently it's got 10 more horsepower than the M5 Competition. But as I found out when I was reading, well, when I was skimming it, it's it's a thirty thousand dollar premium over the M5 Competition. The m5 competition is already expensive but this i don't know that and here's the question is this bmw worth the thirty 000, the thirty thousand premium excuse me had a little bit of a hiccup there sorry i'm not i don't know because one part of me is like well with all the with all the additional carbon fiber composites and shaving you know 230 pounds out of the car and even with only 10 more horsepower you know all of those things are going to cost they have to you know that's obviously going to drive up the cost and those things aren't significant especially the reduction in weight but is it a $30,000 difference that's what i don't know cuz would it be possible to take an M5 competition and take the 30 grand that you save not going for the CS and make it very you know very nearly as fast as the as the M5 CS cuz if you could find out where they reduced weight where they took out the sound insulation you could You might be able to do that for free. If you're very, if you're very, very mechanically inclined or you know your BMWs, you could do that for free, roughly. Or or, I say roughly, maybe, maybe you'd have to get some new tools. But the point is you could do that on your own for a little bit of money and it might not be as bad. I don't know if it's worth 30 grand over the competition. Because again, with the 30 grand that you didn't spend on this, maybe, you know, you'd be able to get 10 more horsepower out of an M5 competition. You'd probably be able to get that much out with a tune or an exhaust and an intake. That's not that much more horsepower. So right off the bat, you wouldn't be spending that much that much money to get ten more horsepower. God only knows how much more horsepower though you'd be spending or how much horsepower. How much money you'd be spending to reduce the weight. Who knows though? And then all you know it would seem to me that all of the change where the expense really is is in the interior. And to an extent, that's fine, but if you're looking for performance, like if the interior isn't where, isn't why you'd want a CS, if the reason why you'd want a CS is for the performance, then I'd honestly, I kind of have to say, don't get it then. Get a competition and then spend the 30 grand that you have for not, from not getting the CS, just spend that money on upgrading the competition to make it as fast. Whether, now, I don't know if the competition has carbon ceramic brakes. If it doesn't, then okay, that's a bit of a deficit there, but... You're not going to want the carbon ceramics for on-road driving, and again, if this has to pull double duty, if your competition and/or CS has to pull double duty, then that's not really a loss anyway. So I think it, you know, the whole situation surrounding this car is very, very, very circumstantial, like more so than it really should be. A thirty-grand premium, you could get ten horsepower for less than I would imagine less than five grand. You could take out the weight just by swapping out for some lighter seats. That aren't powered that don't have heating or anything like that. And if you still want the heat, he's fine. Well, find out where you can remove the sound insulation to get rid of 230 pounds. Go to some lighter wheels. Normal things like that you can do. So again, I'm, I'm not sure. Outside of the value conundrum, though, let's talk about the looks. I think I said in an earlier podcast when we were talking about this facelifted M5 that I don't really like this new face, compared to, to the older face of this generation of M5, and I think it's G27 M5? I might have that wrong, I might have that confused with the uh, with the new 3 series, well, new 3 and 4 series, but in any case, the taillights are okay, I don't know how to feel about them yet, but the new headlights to me are just, they're, it's a little bit too slim, and the grille is a little bit too big in relation to the headlights, And the lower grille is just, it's weirdly angular. I'm not sold on the face. I kind of like it because it's not BMW's current affair with the new 4 and 3 series. But I also don't prefer it over the original face of this generation of M5. Overall, it's not terrible. I'm I'm just not completely sold on it. What I am sold on, though, is the lower diffuser and the quad tailpipes. That is brilliant. What I am sold on are the very, to me at least, Sparco-looking wheels Let's see if we can get a shot of the car that is not moving so I can see the wheels before we get to the interior, at least. see, not there, not there. Somewhere around here. There we go. They kind of remind me of some Sparco wheels or aftermarket wheels of that nature. I really, really like them. I think they're brilliant looking. I even like the green. It it would be the color that It's almost like an emerald green for my Viper friends out there. It's almost like an emerald green or maybe a British racing green. It's a very, very good green. And this is coming from some... Well, actually, no. I I like dark greens. I don't... I'm... It depends on the light green. But yeah, this... This is good. Love the wheels. Carbon ceramic brakes. I like that. Not great for the road. And expensive. But from a performance standpoint, you love to see it. I like the vents in the hood. I even like that they've added, like, a sort of power bulge in the hood. The only thing that's really weird about the the low power bulge is that it stops where the BMW logo is. Which, obviously... I guess... To an extent, it obviously would, but it, it almost looks unfinished. It almost looks like they meant to have the power bulge go all the way down to the top of the kidney grill, and they stopped. So it it looks too short. I wish it went a little bit longer, or was a little bit more dramatic. But outside of that, that's a bit of a minor nitpick. I do like the vents in the hood. They are twin. They're twin vents. So there's two of them. They're not that extreme. Actually, it's not like it's not like SRT where they're. Massive like two inch vents. No, they're more like slits. They're more like slits in the hood. Perhaps not my preference, but I like the indents that has come with the vents. So that's that's a nice bonus, certainly. The interior though. Now this is pretty standard BMW M5 of this generation, except for except for a few things here and there, which we'll touch on. But largely, it should be fairly familiar to people who have been in an M5, or a Modern 5 Series. The things are different, though. It seems like the gear lever is different. They've added... It's it's like a double gear lever, so you have a lower portion that you have where the actual drive and drive neutral, reverse reverse stickers are so you, so you know how to shift it. It's kind of clunky-looking, I'm not going to lie. It's almost similar to the Ram TRX, actually. And in a truck, it makes sense to have that kind of a clunky... Not a hearse shifter, because it's not that, but... That, that kind of clunky, very meaty gear knob. It makes sense, but in an M5 CS, it looks like it adds weight. It seems kind of counterproductive to the whole. We you know we tried to trim out as much weight as possible, kind of thing. It's almost like overcomplicated for this type of car. But that's just me. I like the Alcantara steering wheel. I like that they have a little C. They have a little CS text next to the next to where the the HVAC and the air vents are, where all those controls are. Basically on really on the passenger side of the car it's just just this little text i really like that it's a good subtle little touch i like the seats whether they're actually good who knows but i like the look of them they are very aggressive very aggressive uh, very aggressive looking what i've just seen though i've just seen the individual rear seats and that's i kind of like that from a sporty standpoint though it is a little strange so in most sedans it's not a bent seat but it is like one massive integrated seat with folding portions this is not that. This would be like taking the front driver and passenger seat and then placing them at the back. Remember when Top Gear made the Renault when they had that Renault Sport and they were trying to make it faster than an Evo Ten, and they added the, the racing seats from their BMW 24-hour cars at the back as well so it was still a family car. That, but in the CS, but in this new M5, it's very like that, which is a bit of a strange look. Not bad per se, just odd, because it's so, so different from what we usually see. But again, I like the real focus on sportiness here. Speaking of sportiness though, and the race car aesthetic, we need to talk about the seats and a feature that I've just seen. For the driver and front passenger seat, there was a little raised section near, near the front edge of the seat, near, I would say in the middle, but it's not technically in the middle of the seat, but in any case... It looks to be like channels where your legs are supposed to go. The, the idea appears to be that your legs are supposed to be held in place in the seat so that you don't slide about as much. That might get annoying for everyday driving. I imagine it really would. But I like that I like that detail because it's A, very unique, but B, it adds, it adds to the specialness of the interior. I don't remember what car I was talking about recently. It might have been a BMW model where I was saying that I wish... They made the interior a little bit more different, a little bit more unique, so that it felt more special. This is what I've been taught. That's what I was talking about. Or this is what I was talking about when I wanted something more special. I wanted an interior that was a little bit more unique. That feature in the seats, whether it's going to be practical or not, is special and it adds to the race car aesthetic of the interior. All the Alcantara, all the carbon fiber, it all adds to the atmosphere that this is something different. This is not just a go faster model. You know, this is not an M5 Competition Plus, even though from a horsepower standpoint it is. From a weight standpoint, no, it is definitely different. But this is how you make a car feel special. You go the extra mile. You add all these little touches, and it makes it feel so so different. I mean, even if we go back to the re- to the rear passengers and how they have seat, you know, individual seats of their own rather than it being like one kind of massive not bench. So you can see, you know, two to three people in the back. Well, acclaimed three people, but still, no, it's four people. One person behind the front passenger. One person behind the driver. No person in the middle. This is how you do an interior for a special model. You make it feel special. You make it feel unique. That adds to the character of these models. It adds to the uniqueness. The stuff, you know, details like this is what makes cars like this collectible. If people want to end up collecting them, and to to an extent, I'd rather they didn't because I'd rather these cars be driven. But it's what makes car it's what makes cars heroes. It's all these little touches that add up to such a, a jaw dropping experience that add to such a smile inducing experience. So the outside is like a six and a half, maybe a seven, maybe a six point eight for me in terms of looks. The interior, from a visual standpoint, is definitely a seven and a half. This is how you do an interior for a special model. You don't add slightly different stitching and maybe a few more colors. No, you make the interior more unique. You make it different to all the other models. So hats off to you, BMW. I am very much looking forward to seeing the reviews and seeing whether this is a good BMW model, whether this is a good M5, and whether it's an enjoyable driving machine. You know, an ultimate driving machine as your tagline. Would hope to do, would hope to suggest most of your models are. What do you think of the new M5 CS? Do you think it's a little much? Do you think it's a little obnoxious? Do you think it's not worth the 30 grand premium? Because from a performance standpoint, I'm with you there. It's not worth the 30 grand premium. But in any case, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you do subscribe, I really do appreciate that. You know, please consider subscribing. If you do hit the little notification bell so that you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well, that's not an issue. Just put it wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, before you set off, type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all soon. You've just listened to me! Probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest.